Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping. And let's give our worship team and all the tech and a great hand for the wonderful job that they do. Thank you so much. Matthew Henry is a great, uh, was a great commentator. I have, I have his, uh, his book, Matthew Henry, on uh, the scripture, and it's a wonderful job. But uh, he was uh, walking on a highway, a road that he usually walks on, and uh, he was accosted. And he gave four reasons uh, why he was thankful. Number one, he said, I'm thankful that, that of all the times that I've walked this road, this is the first time that I have ever been attacked and robbed. So he said, I'm thankful for that. He said, another reason that I'm thankful that though they took all my money, he said, I'm thankful that they did not get very much. The third reason, he said, I'm grateful that I have never been robbed before. And he said, though they took my money, they did not take my life. And then finally, he said, I'm thankful that it was I who was robbed, not I doing the robbing. It was me getting robbed, but I wasn't robbing someone. And he gave God thanks for that. We understand that attitude. God calls us to be thankful for the abundance of his blessing. It's the holiday season here again. It seems like we jump from March to November and December just overnight. Just flew by. For some of you, it didn't fly by for me. Well, it did for me. We have an opportunity during, during the Christmas season uh, to renew relationships, family, to, to get closer together. Uh, two things happen when you have fellowship among families. The, the bad, the ill feelings come out. And then we have an opportunity to restore relationships and the good feelings come out. And we know that God has never, ever done anything to us but what we should not be thankful and grateful to Him for everything that He's given to us. Amen? We have the opportunity to reflect on this. Look what the Lord has done. There are many more opportunities that you'll enjoy. I was praying and just meditating recently and I thought God don't let because it seems like every year you can almost project it even though you say not this year buddy um, not this year but you can almost project this is what's going to happen and before you know it it'll be Christmas Eve and my prayer was God let me in some way or another supernaturally if necessary take advantage of the season let me take advantage in, uh, in a way that gives you more praise and brings pleasure to you. Let me enjoy it because kids can grow from here to here overnight. It just seems that way. I had two young ladies that showed up for church last week. I haven't seen them since they were in, 13 or 14, and they moved away and they came back. Both of them are in their mid-20s now, and I thought, great day, you grew up. It just grew up, and I, I didn't even know it. And that can happen in your life. But if you have a posture of thankfulness to God and gratefulness, you remember 
that the blessings of the Lord, all blessings are from Almighty God. You believe that? Say amen. I have a few questions I want to get as I just launch the message for a moment. Number one, do I believe that all blessings come from God? What do you think? All blessings. All good and perfect gifts come from above. And do all blessings come just because God loves us? Just because he loves us? What is the root of all blessing? It's God's love. He loves you whether you're a sinner. He loves you whether you're a saint. Are there blessings that we do not receive because we're a skunk? We're disobedient. Sure. Yeah. There you have it. Now, why does God bless his people? One four-letter word. Love. Why does he do that? And finally, can I miss the blessings of the Lord? Can I miss a predestined blessing that God from his throne had for me, had for my family? Can I miss that blessing? And the answer is you can, as we find out in our text today. This is an important moment between God, I mean just God, and King Solomon. And in those days, God spoke and functioned through the leadership of the king. The king, of course, God would speak to, and so goes the life of the king, so went the life of the majority of the people. If the king was in touch with God, the people most of the time were in touch with God. Does that mean that everybody was? No, but the king heard from God, and then in fact did as God suggested. So I want to get into the message and and let it breathe in your spirit. Number one, God's blessing is conditional. Say that with me. God's blessing is conditional. Let's try it on for size. Second Chronicles 7, 18. I will establish your royal throne as I covenanted with David your father when I said, you shall never fail to have a man rule over Israel. Now, that is a statement. If you take that out and let it just be a statement on its own, you would say, hallelujah. No problems, never a worry. But there is more after that. This statement has conditions to it. And you'll learn that in a moment. God is making a statement to Solomon about his blessing upon his people. And we often get God's blessing confused with God's love. God's love, his blessing. And God is bound by his word to love us. And love us, and he loves us, he loves you and me unconditionally. But his blessings are conditional. Are conditional. What makes condition number one? You just know you are all in. That is this. If you love God and you are faithful to God, my friend, that is extremely important. He chooses whom he desires to bless. 2 Chronicles 7, 16, I have chosen and consecrated the temple. So Solomon gets busy. His daddy left him a bunch of money, a lot of assets, and said, build the temple. And so Solomon launches into building the temple. And uh, it's a beautiful structure. It's got the finest of the best that that world as we knew it then had. And so here's God speaks, just because Solomon you, and it's God and Solomon now together. It's not a committee meeting. It's not long distance. It's not okay. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do a, a, a conference call. It's God and Solomon. He said, 
because you built this place, I still reserve the right to bless it with my presence. You built this big, fine place, and you're ready to dedicate it, but I still reserve the right to bless it. Well, what are the qualifications if God says, I'm going to bless it? The same as you and your family. Those who have accepted his love. You have that divine relationship. God said, I love you, I love you, I love you. And let me say this. God loves you whether you're a sinner or whether you're a saint. But the saints get the favor that are promised. And the sinner gets the blessing because of God's compassion and mercy. Those who choose to humble themselves, that they don't spin off and say, look what I've done, look what I've accomplished, I've got this, and I've got all these benefits here, look what I've done. God said, hey, slow down. You remain humble because you will fall if you let that pride build up. And those who seek, pursue, and lay hold of the Lord, seek and pursue. Every day we're in pursuit. Every day we are seeking. Every day we're chasing God. Every day we're saying, God, I want you in my life. Now, now be careful to think with me for a moment. A lot of things can interrupt that smooth flow of seeking God and pursuing him. You can get crossways with somebody. You can get angry. You can get disturbed. You can get mad. And all those emotions work up. And then all of a sudden you expect to bring that into the throne room and say, God, I've got this against that, this against that, but I'm going to pursue you now. God says, wait a minute. You're going to need to clean your act up. You're going to have to get your heart right. You're going to have to have some simple faith and trust. And then it says, for those who shun sin, you know, shun sin. I don't want to sin. I don't want sin even near me. And these are the people that God will give an opportunity to be blessed. And so the critical moment for Solomon was not here, however. Here's what we find. It's in 2 Chronicles 1-7. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask whatever you want me to give you. Ask whatever it is. I'm about to go to the core of the heart of Solomon. Ask me for something. And that was the moment that Solomon could have asked for anything. But he chose spiritual things. So we find 2 Chronicles 111, since this is your heart's desire, you have not asked for wealth, riches, or honor, nor for the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for long life, but for wisdom. Say that with me, but for wisdom. And knowledge to govern my people over whom I, I have made you king. Whatever position you have, whatever job you have, it's good and you like it. Let me tell you something. You may look and say, well, I worked and worked and I worked my way up. Let me tell you, please remember this. You ain't done nothing, but you were acting under God's favor and God's permission, and God let you climb those levels. He did. So you had all to Jesus. Matthew 6, 33, 
give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. And then when I was studying this this morning again, God said, I want you to emphasize this next step because it will speak to some people that you're talking to, whether online or in the audience. Here it is. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. So I'm going to say to you, God's word to you out of this verse right here, as fresh as this morning, God is saying that whatever you're facing, whatever challenge, whatever's got you bothered, whatever's got you worried, whatever that has created concern for you, here's what he said, God will help you with the hard things when they come up, when the time comes. Somebody say amen. That's God's promise to you. He will help you. God will give you every opportunity to be blessed conditionally upon your response to his challenge out of obedience to his will. Yesterday, I was at Publix and we had to travel and Sharon had an appointment and I went down to Publix and my windshield was, was just not, not, it wasn't clear on the inside. I went into Publix. I got some Windex, and I brought bought it out and got me a a deal with a little handle on it that wasn't a sponge. But I thought I'm gonna clean this, and I can do the dash here and the whole works. and And so I, I began to spray, sprayed it on the outside first, let it set, and then turned the windshield wipers on. And they're doing and push the button for water to come out, cleaned them right up beautifully. Masterpiece job. And then I got on the inside, had my door open. I'm doing that. And I looked to my left and someone rode up on a bicycle. And I looked and it was a man. Um, I, finally, I asked him how old he was. He said, I think 43. And uh, I knew, you know, what he was, what he was doing. And just a moment, he said, hey, uh, can you, do you mind helping me? I'm, I'm really hungry and I need something to eat. I said, is that right? He said, yes, yes, I do. Now, when he said that, a lady walked up, and she was, uh, she was uh, into tattoos quite a bit, had them on her legs and on her arms, and she brought him a bag and said, there's a bottle of water here, there's a sandwich here, and, and there's some veggies in there for you. Uh, just uh, take this. Oh, thank you, ma'am. Well, that just blew his request out of the water. And I said, well, where are you from? He said, Polk County my whole life, Auburndale. I said, Auburndale, yeah, my daddy pastored a church in Auburndale. I said, is that right? He said, I said, what's the name of the church? He said, Gospel Tabernacle. I said, I know that church, a little Pentecostal church. He said, you do know that church. I said, how old are you? He said, 43. I said, what are you doing out here? Where'd you spend the night? He said, in the woods. He was clean shaven. I said, in the woods. I said, this is not God's purpose for your life. Do you know that? This is not God's purpose for your life. You don't belong spending a night in the woods. You don't belong riding this bicycle and having to ask individual to feed you. I said, I'm certain that your dad embedded in you the truths of the scripture. He said, yeah, I know he did. I, I know a lot. I said, give me a few. And he did. He said, but I just rebelled. I just got angry and, hey, I rebelled. And this is how I wound up. I said, so you're, you're, actually, you're actually living a lifestyle that's out of rebellion. 
Well, I guess so. He said, who are you? I said, I sell assurance. He said, what kind of assurance? He said, you mean insurance? No, assurance. You're a preacher. Where you preach at? I said, Victory Church. I know Victory Church, he said. He said, matter of fact, your guys came down and ministered to me when I was in jail. Over and over and over again. They prayed with me. I said, well, what happened? You still in rebellion? I just never have made up my mind. I said, okay. uh, As you're walking in a rebellion, do you know you don't have the covering of the Lord? He looked at me strangely. I said, and two, uh, you're having to ask me for food. How do you pay for that cell phone on your belt? He said, I stand on street corners till I get enough money. It's only $22 a month. He said, I have to stay in contact with people about jobs. Okay. It's good. I continued to talk with him. Finally, I... I prayed with him. And I thought to myself, I wonder how much God has in store for him. That he just turned and went in a different direction and did not pay attention to the God who created him. I prayed a prayer with him and asked the Lord to redeem him. The Bible says in Matthew 7 13, Jesus, don't look for shortcuts. He said, the market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas. He said, don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life, to God, is a vigorous and it requires total attention. Number two, God's blessing is perpetual. It just keeps coming. It's It's there. I've chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. Perpetual means everlasting, continual, and constant. That that God's blessing follows those who follow after the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing in your life that you should say, I did it. Nothing. Everything, your breath, your efforts, your job, your family, God permitted through you to gain value here on earth. And he gave it to you not to hoard up, but to bless others with it. How many are more blessed than you realize? Say amen. God is good. It's good. So good. And you see, we know that Solomon finished the temple. And when he finished the temple, remember God said, I'll make a decision whether I put my presence there. And when they did, here's what happened. God chose to let his presence be there. And it says the fire and the glory of the Lord came down upon the place. And that was a sign of God's approval. God's approval, my spirit is on you. Now let me caution you, blessing alone in your life is not a mark of God's approval. You can be blessed, 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 blessed. You can be blessed by 
by someone taking a liking to you, but having blessing and rolling along on the four-lane highway, all cuddled up, happy, and feeling good, is not a sign that God approves your lifestyle. That's not a sign of God's approval, but perpetual blessing comes to the person where the fire of holiness, the holy presence of God impacts that person in a practical way. And you and I stay true to the challenge that's before us, good or bad. Somebody just rips you off, ticks you off, stay cool, stay poised. Let God fight your battles for you. Somebody say amen. Somebody comes in and upsets you. You just stay, hey, I know God, you've got this. Job said, here's what I know, 13 verse 15. He said, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. I hope, my hope is in the Lord. My, my blessing is perpetual from God. And Matthew 7, 21 said in the message version, knowing the correct password, say, Master, Master, for instance, my friend, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What's required is serious obedience doing what the Father wills. So we come to this conclusion. God's blessing perpetual in the life of a person is a result of true obedience and love. So what are the people that we admire most what are their characteristics? One is faithfulness. We look at them and say they are faithful. Spiritual consistency, an uplifting lifestyle, a sweet spirit, a great attitude, a great attitude, a great attitude, and an attitude of worship. God said that makes you a good example and he says, people cry every day to be blessed, but God's blessing will be enjoyed if we don't become weary in well-doing. I want God's blessing. Say that with me. I want God's blessing. Then God says, here's how you get it. We had breakfast the other morning, Friday morning, with two of our grandchildren. One is a law student in law school. And the other is... Uh, She's, she's made it. She lives in Nashville and uh, uh, makes, uh, got, her, got her master's degree from Southeastern and makes a lot of money. And so I, I talked to them for that moment. They called early, 7.30. We're ready. I said, good. I've been ready. So they were both across from Sharon and me. And I took the moment. I said, let me tell you something. Son, you're an academic. You study, study, study. You took all kind of exams this last semester. You go and volunteer in courtrooms. You volunteer with judges, etc. And you're going you're gonna to do well because you're applying yourself. But let me tell you something that you can be so immersed with education that you leave the passion of who God is in your life behind. But for that passion to be maintained, 
you're going to have to have no excuse why you don't read the Bible, why you don't practice your devotion, why you don't get into church, why you do all those things to maintain the core of who you are. And I said to her, if you, you will honor God, put him first. God has blessed you and given you all kinds of opportunities that are there. But both of you, you've got to keep God first and you've got to keep the core of who you are in Jesus Christ prominent in your life because your world can fall apart just like that. Just like that. So we understand, as I said, that God's designated blessing can be missed. My friend at Publix parking lot, he's missing the abundance of God's blessing and he knows it, but he's settled for a life of what he calls homelessness. 2 Chronicles 7, 19, but if you turn away and forsake the decrees and commands, if you do that, you're going to miss it. Now you're going to miss, well, I never just turn away like the, like the homeless person, uh, but you, you know what, friend? You can make it a pattern in your life of being obedient and being disobedient, being obedient and being disobedient. You can make that a pattern. And God says, okay, I know who you are. I know who you are. You know, the relationship that we have with God is vertical, but it's manifested horizontally. Amen? Horizontally. So if we understand that, it's important. Don't miss God's blessing. Don't be a person who rises to great spiritual potential and then allows the enemy to come and causes you to lose focus. God, it's all about you. I have nothing. Everything I have is yours. Oh, yeah, I'm working 50 hours a week. Yeah, that's because I gave you the energy and the physical health so you can work 50 hours a week. Hello? You understand that? You understand that? And then let me just, let me just love you a little bit. You know, when, when we, we make a commitment to God, we're supposed to be in his house and worship. I know the people. When I come to this pulpit, I know the people that are faithful and where they're going to be and where they're going to sit. But also know those who are sporadic every other Sunday and those that are maybe once a month. But I'm going to tell you, and I want to be your pastor here, stay faithful to the house of God. It's easy to use his day for what you want to do. And when you're talking about blessing, I've got nine, Sharon's got nine. We both have nine grandkids, and we have two, two do I have two grandkids, great-grandkids? <laughs> two instead of three. Maybe I'm being prophetic. <laughs> Everything you do as a parent is caught in the spirit of your children and your grandchildren. They will determine by your record what's important to you. 
It's funny, if Lori's absent, or any of them for that matter, we'll call them up. Now, Tim, he's 40-something, mid-40s, right? Kelly's in her low 40s. Sherry, my daughter, oldest daughter, turned 51 today. I called and sang happy birthday to her at 6 o'clock this morning. She did not answer, so I left a voicemail. But if they've not in church often, sometime in the day, just casually call them. Hey, missed you this morning. Missed you this morning. I know we got so-and-so and so-and-so. I don't hear that much because most of the time they're all here. But if Sharon happens to miss, if she's sick, Lori, her youngest child, will call her hardly before church is out, returning the favor. Mom, I didn't see you in church today. Are you sick Yes, Lori. Well, I'm just checking on you. Do you think she's sincere about that phone call? <laughs> well, I, I want to believe that she is. My point is this, and I'm serious, friend. You and I are missing a substantial amount of God's favor that he had planned for us because we miss being where we need to be for that blessing to take place and we miss, we miss being faithful so that God says, that came as a result of your faithfulness. Now I'm going to bless you over and abundantly. And that's God, the favor of God's blessing. And that is true. And so here's what we know. God addresses Solomon. It's profound. He says, your potential, Solomon, is unparalleled. And I'll be with you and I'll bless you greatly. And I will give you a good testimony to those who watch your success. And he said, but you must stay in the field of harvest. Solomon, don't be caught off guard. And you must continue and not be weary in well-doing. He says, if you do. Oh God, we say it. I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you with which you cannot contain. God said, and I will. But you're about half throttle and grown a little lukewarm in your commitment to me. And you still want me to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain? Do you actually think God would do that? I believe it. God's not holding score on us and saying, well, you missed church there. 52 Sundays and you only made it 49, so I'm going to throttle back now. Every time you remain faithful, the person who benefits most is you. I've come to realize that God can get along without any of us. Amen? And I want to encourage you to remain faithfully committed 
to what you know your purpose to be in the house of the Lord. And here's what, here's what God told Solomon. Solomon, and Solomon failed. And what God said he would do if Solomon failed and the people turned their backs on God came to pass. But he said this before. He said, I'll pluck you up. I'll turn my back on you and you will be without God's blessing. And then he says in 2 Chronicles seven twenty, he says, this temple will be destroyed. And it was. It'll be destroyed, and I'll make a public horror and disgrace, and it was and did happen. And people will say, why has the Lord done such a terrible thing to this land and to this temple? They're going to ask, and the answer will be because his people abandoned the Lord God of their fathers, and they worshiped other gods instead. So I think you and I have the privilege of choice. I think that messages like this gives us an opportunity to recalibrate, to say what really is important in my life. What is most valuable? What is it, God, am I getting into the habit of routineness instead of being excited about who you are in Christ. There are enough spiritual quacks out there, friend. There are enough people out there that live way on the edge. But what God is looking for are people who say, yes, Lord. And they say, yes, Lord, whether it's stormy or whether it's great weather, it's yes, Lord, whatever the task is you need me to do, I will do it. And they deny themselves and say, God, you first. Always you first. You are number one. And when you live that kind of life, God will take you places you never thought possible, and he will reward you according to his riches and not yours. Amen? He will. Let's be faithful to receive God's blessing. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for the abundance of your grace, your power, your wisdom, and your anointing. I need your help. Jesus, you have never failed us. You have always been with us. Victory Church is a testimony of the faithfulness of God, but the faithfulness of God's people. Lord, I pray for those at home right now. I pray you'll speak to all of them and all of us here and wherever this message may be played worldwide in the next several weeks. I pray, God, that we will realize that there is a plan that we can have more than what we could ever imagine, more than enough. And that, God, there's also a path that we can take that will choke out the blessing of the Lord, the free flow of the Spirit. And like the guy yesterday on the bicycle, he just adamantly agreed, I'm walking out of the will of God. And God, when you do that, and you willfully know that, there's some reckoning to be done, and God, you are the one that we'll have to face. So I pray in Jesus' name, you'll speak to all of our hearts. Now, for those of you at home and those of you here that say, boy, I, I just kind of feel like I need to ask God to forgive me. 
Well, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. So let's pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me. I've made mistakes. And I need redemption. I've made bad decisions. And I need you to come in and redeem me. So God, take my life. Use it as you choose. I am committed to your plan for my life. Help me, Lord, to be faithful like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand on your feet and would you give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise? Come on, church. Let's thank him. Let's thank him. We thank you, Jesus. We're going to sing another song of worship. We're going to give you a chance to leave and hopefully plan to be back here Wednesday. All of the announcements are valuable. We know the ringing and the ice skating, all wonderful time and, and all that we do. Plan to do your best. And let's see if 2020, somebody said, oh, I'll be glad when 2020 goes. I will be too. Not before Christmas though. Amen. I want Christmas to be the greatest Christmas we have ever had by his grace and his mercy. One more hand clap. God bless you as you go. Let's worship together. Say, way make miracle work, promise keep, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You got the church. Let's raise it. Way make miracle work, promise keep, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Day.